leader. Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. This is the Flex and Frooms Catch-Up Podcast. Flex and Frooms on Cater. Last week and maybe even the week before, I talked about not taking the bait and recognising when you are being the victim of chaos marketing and outrage marketing. And sometimes you should just scroll away. But I saw maybe... 13 seconds of a bro podcast and no shade we love them obsessed with a bro podcast a bro radio show obsessed with the patriarchy you ate come on (laughs) come through but what i thought i was hearing was a man trying to make a compelling case for why we should uh, normalize cheating and i want you to hear it through me if infidelity is something that happens so often it happens in, I would say, probably at least half of the relationships in people's lives, at least at one, at one point in time. So if we were able to accept it as a norm and it would have less shame attached to it, less, hey, it's about me being like, I don't know why women be like. Can I ask, are you speaking what, what, about, are you speaking to people? Oh, he said what he said. Probably for the best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and maybe that's why I only heard 13 seconds of it. <laughs> and so I don't want to put words in his mouth. But I will. What I imagine he's saying is that because cheating happens so often, we should stop regarding it as something that's in the realm of impossibility. And the more we expect for it to happen and normalize it, we can take the shame out of it. And therefore, it doesn't become uh, a symbol of a bad relationship. Hmm. Hmm. I will say... Had he have articulated himself better, I would give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think I've added the nuance that was not there. And so for his argument, you did not eat. But I can understand what he's saying. For example, right? How does something move from niche to mainstream? A bunch of people do it, support it, normalize it. And suddenly you have the breadth and depth to just make it a regular thing. Like women in the workforce. Oh, (laughs) Not necessarily against it. Would I vote for it again? No, I don't really know. Am I on the front line, unfortunately? Yeah. Yeah. Are we the suffragettes in 2020? I've had enough, okay? So I understand that idea of are we only causing ourselves more pain by viewing this commonplace thing as such a negative, why don't we do better? Esther Perel. Oh. Have you heard of her? I have. Esther Perel... Leading psychotherapist, author, podcaster has a really, really progressive take on infidelity and says it should be an opportunity to start and accelerate a relationship as opposed to it being the end. And also one of the biggest points she makes that cheating is rarely about the partner. It's a self-interested and selfish act generally, and you you do yourself a disservice trying to internalize it. Um, she has this book called State of Affairs, which talks a lot about that. So what I've done is I've gone to Goodreads, as I like to do, to pull out some quotes. Fantastic. Read some savage reviews. <laughs> we will. When you're feeling bad about yourself. But I want to read you maybe four or five quotes so you get like a pretty varied view of what she thinks or how she thinks about infidelity, and then we can talk about whether or not we can make a case for getting cheated on next year. Love it. This year, it's not a good time for me. It's got to be, I, I need to put some runs on the board. Yeah. A few months with yeah. the Manzas. Yeah. Esther says, we expect one person to give us what once an entire village used to provide and we live twice as long. There's something wow. there. There's something there. Because yeah. realistically, 
I feel like we've had conversations before about having friends for certain things, but people have said it's quite transactional. Be like, that's my party friend, that's my work friend, that's my school friend. But realistically, it helps you assess how much you can expect from them and how much you're willing to give to them. This idea of us living even three times as long as we used to, that's a lot of pressure to put on one person to show up and evolve at the same pace you're evolving in the same way you're evolving for the same common goal. I don't want to do that. Anyway, here's another one. Our partners do not belong to us. Debatable. They are only on loan with an option to renew or not. Didn't I say this? This is our we relationship. We should do friendship <laughs> expiry dates. No, not friendship expiry dates. Contracts, we just contracts. do reviews. Knowing that we can lose them does not have to undermine commitment. Rather, it mandates an active engagement that long-term couples often lose. The realisation that our loved ones are forever elusive should jolt us out of complacency in the most positive sense. So what she's kind of saying is if you truly recognise that your partner is not yours to keep forever and that you do need to, in some ways, entice them to stay with you, it should excite you to keep them nearby as opposed to developing these really repelling behaviours and then getting confused when they cheat. <laughs> oh, dear. Put me on a bro podcast. <laughs> I feel like I'm on their side. <laughs> okay, another one. The shift from shame to guilt is crucial. Shame is a state of self-absorption, while guilt is an emphatic relational response inspired by the hurt you've caused another. Imagine someone hurting your feelings. You're like, let's move that from shame to guilt. <laughs> let's move that. Because it, if you really think about it, let's say I've offended you, right? I've said something out of pocket. And all I'm doing is like being really self-interested, being like, I'm so, I feel so embarrassed I did that to you. Be guilty. And what, be guilty and own up to it? Yeah. How do you get out of guilt? I feel like for this purpose, you want to stay in there if you've cheated. Then what? <laughs> I don't know. Like, we once, haven't got to those guilty, cliff notes. Can we just keep doing it? I just don't know. How much capacity do you really have to forgive? Because I think I'm a forget, not forgive. Oh, really? Mm. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to bring it up. I think I'm the opposite. But I'm going to hold on to <laughs> in my heart. I have this purge sensation. Mm. I have to forgive. I can't forget unless I forgive. Like to me, they're both together. I can't just like let something slide and forget about it. Mm. But then again, I've not been in a situation where I've been cheated on or vice versa. I haven't. But I think this is where my avoidant tendencies come out because what I do, I like to self-soothe and make myself feel better by any means necessary. So often having to wait for someone to feel like repentant or shameful keeps me in this space where I'd prefer to be in denial about being hurt. True. That's very you. Thank you. And good on you for realising, hun. Thank you. I love Goodreads. Do we love Goodreads? Do you have good reviews on your book? Yeah. Monogamy used to mean one person. The Success Experiment by Lillian Ahenken. What a name. What Jinx. a woman. <laughs> we should bring that back. Lillian Ahenken. Best-selling author, yep. podcaster, mm. businesswoman. Pre-episode plug is something fresh. We've not done that before. <laughs> it's No, it's mid-episode. It's, like <laughs> it's like an ad read. <laughs> You've actually sponsored the show. <laughs> Post Prima Donna. She's wearing the whole kit. We've got to keep it. That's circular economy. Monogamy. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Small woman-owned business. <laughs> Support local. You've been listening to the Flex and Froom's daily podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.